When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. All right, Jason, take it away. Hey, Jordan, what do you still use that you learned in law school, especially when doing the show? Curiously yours, Stan. Hey, Stan. <laughs> I get a reminder I went to law school every single month in the form of a nice bill. I'm almost <laughs> done paying that stuff off. Uh, you don't care about that. Anyway, what, I've, what I'm still using is negotiation. I took a bunch of negotiation classes. They were not popular at all. I think one of them had like six people in it. It was unbelievable. It's probably the only useful skill that you can get uh, that year in law school, and nobody bothered to take it. And a couple of people even dropped it. So I used negotiation skills a lot. There was also uh, a class, I can't remember what it was called, but I got this concept where we watched a video and a lecture and studied these things called the Ten Commandments of Cross-Examination. And this is from this genius named Irving Younger. I'll link to the video in the show notes because there is a YouTube of this lecture. It's from like the 70s or even the 60s. This guy's no longer with us, but he was a genius. And if you ever heard, Jason, never ask a question to which you don't already know the answer. You, heard, you ever heard that? I've totally heard that. I never knew where it came from, though. Yeah, it comes from the Ten Commandments of Cross-Examination by this guy Irving Younger, and he, like I said, is a genius. I mean, he really, he understood human nature in the interrogative format, and it's just super useful. I also use a lot of critical thinking skills, obviously, and we discuss a lot of those on the show. Some of those, not most, but some of those were born somewhat in my law school experience. Of course, now they're much stronger because I actually have to use them. Also, the idea that you should not accept things at face value, you should argue with people in a non-combative way, you should listen to their side, look for holes, find logical fallacies that you're using, find logical fallacies that other people are using, that I all got from law school. Because I'd bring up something, or somebody in class would bring something up, and somebody in the back of this class of 150 people would say, well, that's really a straw man argument. And I'm like, okay, got to Google that. And then I go, oh, okay, I understand what that is. And now I can spot that stuff so readily. So when guests come on and say things like, this is an outrageous claim I'm going to make, it's like, well, you know, maybe not. And I still can't spot it all the time. But you as AOC family, you guys collectively are genius at spotting this stuff. So I'm getting better at all this stuff all the time. But that's a sampler of the skills I got from law school. I don't necessarily recommend going to law school just to learn that set of skills you can learn uh, from this show and from reading. So 
I hope that helps, Stan. I hope you're uh, not asking because you're in law school and you don't want to be a lawyer because that's a shame. <laughs> a little, be a little too late. I have a feeling. I have a feeling there. Oh, yeah. And uh, before we go on to the next one, Jason, a few women, actually, a few AOC sisters, including Christy W., have emailed me to ask how they can get rid of uptalk. Uptalk, you know, like when somebody ends every statement with a question, and even though it's not a question, they kind of talk like this. And this is something that a lot of people, especially women, learn when they're younger, and it's just some social programming. It's not good for you in a professional sphere. I spoke to my own voice coach, who I've been working with for a few months here, and she suggested the following. Google examples of uptalk, and while we're at it, Google examples of talking on the fry. You know, like, oh, really? Oh, gross. <laughs> That's talking on the fry. It's bad for your voice. It sounds terrible. It's annoying to a lot of people. And it also discredits you because it makes you sound juvenile and immature. These are both a set of bad habits. Record yourself talking to somebody on Skype. This is how I got rid of all these things. Record yourself talking to somebody on Skype. You can just record your side of the conversation because I think sometimes wiretapping laws actually come into play here. But with a friend, with a family member, somebody who won't care, you can tell them you're recording it if you want to get around the wiretapping stuff. Just record your side of the conversation. You don't need theirs. And you can use eCam Call Recorder for Skype, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Or you can use Tape a Call Lite or Pro on iOS, probably also on Android if you want to record mobile. Then when you're looking through this, well, whether you're listening through your tape here, you can hear whether or not you're talking on the fry. You can hear whether or not you are up talking. You can hear whether or not you're using a ton of filler words. There's a lot of things you can do here that are going to help you get rid of bad habits, especially if you edit the audio down. So if you edit the audio down to get rid of the filler words and correct some of the other stuff, you will start to become more conscious of what you're doing. Do that once a week, once a month. You will eventually, you'll get rid of a lot of verbal tics. And that's how I got rid of a lot of the filler words, a lot of the uptalk, and a lot of the vocal fry stuff. It required a lot of coaching. I won't lie. It required a lot of coaching. As a professional audio engineer, I have to say that uptalk and vocal fry are kind of the bane of my existence. So please, everybody, if you even think you remotely do this, every, even if every now and again, listen to what Jordan said and definitely go and practice, practice, practice. Did you ever see the, the movie In a World? I think I saw the first half. I, I don't remember why I stopped watching it, but I don't think I saw the whole thing. Yeah, probably because it's not a very good movie. That's probably why. There were some pretty funny bits in it where the main character had a war against uptalk and vocal fry and was trying to teach women how to uh, actually not do it. So if you ever, I mean, it, it's not bad. It's about people who do voiceover work, which, you know, is in your wheelhouse. Yes, it is. Is that, is it a documentary or is it a? It's just a movie. Well, I'll have to check that out in a world. And we'll link to that in IMDb so you too can punish yourself by <laughs> listening to Vocal Fry and Uptalk uh, while watching a bad movie. Also, you know, there was, man, there was a lot of anger at the Timothy Snyder episode. Really? A lot of, yeah, man. People were like, you're Russia bashing and blah, blah, blah. And he, you know what's funny? None of it came from Russians. <laughs> Russians were like, yeah, you nailed it on that one. And a lot of people who fled really authoritarian countries were like, yeah, how do you not see all this stuff that he's talking about here? It's all true. And the people that were bashing this, there was a lot from the left and a lot from the extreme right. And they, some people who lived in Russia, but were not Russians and, oh, it's not true. This is all exaggerated. Look, a lot of people agreed. 
but the most interesting people to agree with Tim Snyder were Russians and Ukrainians. Go figure. Those that lived through this can already recognize it. And those of us here seem to think it's hyperbole, just like he said in his book. Just like Tim Snyder was saying, oh, you're not going to believe me because you think it can't happen. And it's exactly what showed up in my inbox. It was amazing. It was like telling somebody, hey, you're going to send Jordan an email being angry about this. And you're like, "Ah, that's annoying. I'm going to email you right now. (laughs) It's just it's amazing how right he was with that as well, that claim. And I think that that illustrates part of the issue that he was talking about in the show. And well, if you haven't heard the Timothy Snyder app, go back and listen to it. It's extremely interesting. The guy's very smart. And he's a history professor at Yale. That's the other thing. He's a history professor. A lot of people are like, his opinions, this is a bunch of crap. He's a historian. Yeah. He's got, his opinions are based on history. These are observational. It's not some pundit from, you know, Fox News or MSNBC. Come on. No, Timothy's got chops. We didn't have him on here for his, you know, glowing personality. We had him on because he knows some things. Exactly. Jeez. All right. Next question. All right. The next couple sets of questions here come in response to Fatima who was the young Muslim girl who was trying to uh, figure out if she wanted to leave the faith or not. Right. Dear Art of Charm family, I'm a young former Muslim woman, and I've been in her shoes and have faced potential disownment, and honestly, AOC gave a wonderful response with the suggestion that you got to own your own life at some point. Only thing is that in the Islamic faith, there really isn't a concept of individuality that's valued. And when a person, especially a female, decides to go her own way, She's facing serious ostracism from the entire Muslim community in her area and maybe larger and potential violence for becoming an apostate. The advice I wish I'd gotten at her stage is to figure out your convictions and values in private first. Really meditate and figure out who you are in regards to your questioning. It's a very real apostate closet to come out of. And as with every identity crisis, you first have to come out to yourself. Once you're solid, go on Reddit or Meetup. There are massive communities of formerly Muslim and questioning Muslims that are engaged in conversation about the lifestyle change. And most importantly, make time to actually grieve. I wish I'd have known this, but coming out as an apostate and disassociating with your former Muslim identity is a death of your former self, and the stages of grief are very real. If repressed, they can cause all too real damage, and they need to be handled accordingly. Lastly, brace yourself for impact. Decide whether you're staying in the closet or coming out. Once you come out, expect the worst. However, understand that your family and the community has not been preparing for this like you have. There will be fallout, and people will react very differently and sometimes surprisingly. It's up to you if you want to make an in-person announcement or leave the family, establish independence, and then let them figure out what happened on their own. In the end, your relationship with your spirituality is your own. Your beliefs are not anyone else's business. Allah the universe, as I've decided to refer to him, knows what's in your heart, and you owe yourself the honesty. Whether you decide to become a staunch atheist or a spiritual person with Islamic values as I've chosen, it's for you to live with. You know in Islam, God is the most important existence, and having knowledge of him, then denying it, is punishable by death in some communities. Please be safe. There's a community out there. Seek them out anonymously if you want. Your life is worth more than some zealot's pride. Ultimately, be safe and live in integrity. Love, Amal. P.S. I didn't really touch on the boy because the love interest is actually a very common spark for questioning in a lot of women's lives. I'm not intentionally devaluing his presence, but for right now, your focus should be on you. You're very young, and granted, he can provide support, but you need your own emotional presence more than anything. If he stays through this process, then it says a lot about his character. But heavy focus on him will distract you from the real inner issues 
and could cause you to fall into a codependent relationship. You know, I didn't even think about the fact that she could be in danger for this. I really was just like, oh, her parents are going to be pissed. Maybe they'll say they're going to disown her. Maybe they'll be angry for a few years. It didn't even occur to me that somebody could go after her for that. That's terrifying, really. But you're right. There's a, she's right. Amal's right. There's zealots that go decide I'm going to do I'm going to do something for the for the faith. I'm going to go ahead and enforce God's will on you, whether you like it or not. That's so creepy. Uh, so be careful, Fatima. And I sent actually I sent Fatima a lot of email that was like this. This is an example of it. I probably got a couple of dozen emails with advice. Um, from former Muslims, from current Muslims, from all people of all walks of life that aren't Muslim. So, so a lot of support here. I think one of the most interesting things about what Amal said is actually take time to grieve because you are severing your previous life. I never even would have thought of that. I think that's great advice. Yeah, it is. I, it, that didn't occur to me either. I'm just, as a guy and as a problem solver, I'm just thinking of this as like, well, here's how you manage these people's emotions, or here's how you break the news. I didn't even think about all of the emotional stuff that goes with it. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, next up. Jordan and Jason, hi there. My heart broke when I heard the conservative Muslim girl asking about whether she should live her secular life or keep her parents happy. I am first-generation Indian, and in my community, it's not uncommon at all for parents to control major life decisions, from your profession to picking your husband. Like her, I was not allowed to date in my 20s. You mentioned that Fatima's parents ultimately just want her to be happy, but honestly, in Middle Eastern, Southern Asian cultures, personal happiness is not a goal like it is in America. We grow up seeing independent people as an American trait and talk smack about people who marry outside of the culture. Many of the decisions we make are due to cultural obligation, family responsibility, and sheer fear of being shamed by the community. I tell Fatima the same advice I gave my younger self. Cut the damn cord. You need to live for yourself. Your family may support your decisions or they may disown you. Part of being a grown-ass woman is living your own life. You have the right to your own beliefs and so do your parents. When you live life on your own terms, you'll meet people on the same wavelength. Family isn't just who you're born into. They can be created. Please, please, please don't live a double life. I have many friends, for example, Pakistani and Afghani women, who wanted to keep their parents happy and lived a false life. Now they're miserable. Many are in arranged marriages with cheating husbands and they're depressed. I believe in taking the best from all cultures. In America, independence and the pursuit of happiness are powerful, especially for women. You will never be the perfect Muslim daughter, and that's okay. You're still awesome. Be true to yourself. In 50 years, you want to look back knowing you lived your life, not someone else's. Love, Ms. Cut It Out. Yeah, this is great. Another example of just one of the many, many emails we got for our Fatima. Lots of amazing love and experience in these letters. I sent a couple of dozen of these on to former Fatima, as well as other women who wrote in with the same problem after hearing this and wanted to be looped in on those. And they came in from you. all I love this about the AOC family. There is so much support for real stuff going on in the AOC family. This is awesome. Super cool. I just I can't get over it. So thank you all. You are all awesome. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data. And a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years going through endless resumes. Well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Jordan and AOC. Some options for listener Torn if she's really looking to see the world. She can try contracting for USAID or one of the many NGOs around the world. Peace Corps. I did it when I was 45, and while my own situation allowed me to move 7,000 miles for a job that paid nothing as far as money, the life lessons and experiences I gained are immeasurable. If she's concerned about work post-service, she will have non-competitive eligibility for 12 months after completing her 27 months, opening up a world of career opportunities. Just my thoughts. Enjoy, Todd. That's really cool. A lot of people write in, you know, I want to travel. I want to live in some other place. I wanted to, but I can't break into it because you got to work here for eight years before they blah, 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 you know, sweep you overseas. Peace Corps. Man, I haven't even thought about the Peace Corps ever. I, I know. And he did it at 45. I could join the Peace Corps. You can, as long <laughs> as you bring all of your editing stuff. I'd still have to <laughs> podcast. <laughs> as long as, yeah, you can go to Djibouti. Just yep. make sure you have broadband. Oh man, that that good good thought, Todd. I didn't even think about any of that stuff. That's great, man. To to do that when you're young, duh. I should have done that. What was I thinking? I went to law school instead. Hello, is this thing on? What a knucklehead. <laughs> I should that had my name all over it. I didn't even think about it. Yep. They don't advertise that very well. They don't do a good job with that. You know, they don't they don't get in your face with it like you need to with young kids. I mean, my my school had no info on that. Anyway, I'm done complaining. All right, <laughs> here's a random observation. Now, I've been observing people, of course, for the last few decades here, but recently I've noticed that I've been observing dyslexic people and I'm spotting something in their body language. What what has happened is lately there's been multiple people that have sh- I've been talking with them and they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm learning disabled." So, da, da, da. And I'm like, "Okay, interesting." And then after a while, I started to notice a couple of other friends of mine were moving and sitting in certain ways and I would say hey are you random question are you dyslexic and they're like yeah how'd you know and I've done this three times in the last month what am I observing I don't know what it is I have some theories but I have really no idea concretely so shout out to special ed teachers what do you think I'm seeing here I might also be observing something secondary to dyslexia for example, maybe people who are bullied, which dyslexic people disproportionately are, maybe they have certain body language, and so I'm observing that. You know, I don't, it's very strange. I, I noticed it with a couple of fitness people. I noticed it with a couple of friends of mine that I didn't know were learning disabled. I noticed it with a friend's relative. I've just been sort of 
picking this out lately, and I just can't put my finger on what it is. So if this is something that you know because you work with people who are learning disabled and you have an idea of what I might be talking about, I would love to hear from you. Email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. So did you ever notice this in your producer by any chance? Because I'm dying to know what this is because I'm dyslexic. You know, I, I didn't. I thought about it, and I was like, does Jason do that? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Not really. Huh. Not really. And I noticed that there was a childhood friend of mine that, that I was really close with that was severely dyslexic, and he had, every, he had this type of body language that was just very unique. And his brothers all had it, and I thought, oh, this is just the way that this family is built. You know, their, their bodies are built like that. And then when I was older, I noticed it again. I thought, oh, that's really strange. You know, they're both, these people are both learning disabled. They both have that similar thing. And then lately, I've just been really honed in on it and going like, what am I seeing? This is, it's too much to be coincidence, I think, at this point. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to hear a solution on this one. So hopefully somebody's going write, to write to you soon. Yeah, I'm interested. It has to do with the way that they sit, the rounding of the shoulders, um, the way that their legs are, I think, pointing when they sit and when they stand. And it's it's very strange. It's it's very unusual. I Again, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'd love to hear what people have to say about this. Because often, you know, you find that, oh, there is a correlation between these two random things, like a physical, maybe scoliosis and dyslexia are like tied <laughs> somehow. I, I have yeah. no idea. Right? I have no clue. I doubt that's true. Um, but it could be something similar. So, Jason, a listener sent me this, and it made my whole week. This is an exchange that I guess I had almost 10 years ago, and I remember doing this podcast from the law school library because I couldn't find another place to do it, and I was running late. So this is with this guy, Jason Steinley, who I don't even know if he still does his thing anymore, but... Ten years ago, I stated this as my purpose, and here's the exchange. The guy heard the episode recently. I guess he just went all the way back into the back catalog. Jason, why, since he's a, his name is also Jason, why don't you role-play Jason Steinley in this, and I'll, I'll play myself. All right. Putting on my Jason Steinley hat. All right. So, Jordan, what's your purpose? Well, I want to change the way that people relate to one another. I want to help other people become conscious of their social reality and teach them how to mold it so that they are happy with the outcome and they can control the outcome. I want to guide people to be successful in romantic and platonic relationships with one another, and I want to do that all over the world. Hmm. Why is that your purpose? That is my purpose because that was probably the shift in my life that actually was the border between where I felt I was just being swept along and going with the flow and I didn't really like it to actually allowing me to take full control of my life and become successful with people, relationship, friends, money, and my career. So since it helped me so much, I think I would be doing a huge service by helping others do it and I think I'd actually be doing a disservice by keeping that knowledge to myself. And what do you ultimately want then, Jordan? I want to, let's see, that's a good one. I want to know that I've made a difference on a large scale with a lot of people, and I want to be able to do that full time and actually make a comfortable living doing just that. That's crazy. That's nuts. That is, <laughs> that's, that, I said that 10 years ago. This guy found it in the show. It's, it's unreal that that's in there. That's some dedication. 10 years on, still doing it. I, yeah, I mean, I, props to this guy for finding that and digging that up and then transcribing that and emailing it to me. For all I know, though, it's not really in there and he just made it up to make me feel good. I guess I should double check on that. <laughs> I guess I should double check fake, that. Fake that, interviews, fake interviews. That would be that would be really weird if that was not in there. Um, but I, I'll just go ahead and assume it is. But that made my week. That's incredible. I'm so glad that that's in there and there's a record of that in theory. Documentary of the week. 
cries from Syria. This is shocking. You need a box of tissue when you watch this. It's emotionally exhausting. It's very eye-opening and inspiring as well. These people in Syria are just living an absolute nightmare. And it's incredible just how evil Assad's regime is to his own people. It is just mind-boggling. Amidst all of this, you know, nerve gas and bombings and barrel bombs and just this awful stuff that's going on, we see such bravery and humanity in other ways. I'm not sure what I see in the future for Syria in our lifetime. I hope to visit it someday, but something tells me I'm going to be there with my adult children or even my grandchildren, and the place is still going to be a huge mess. But this documentary, Cries from Syria, was excellent. Me and Jen watched it. We were just wrapped the whole time. Same director as Winter on Fire about Ukraine that I recommended last time. Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. I keep everyone anonymous. You can either make up your own funny name or we can do it. And if it's feedback for the show, we're fans of strong opinions loosely held. Love to argue like we're right. Love to listen like we're wrong. So don't be shy to hit us up over here. And if you got your own advice for some of the people you've heard from today, let me know. If it's something that can help everyone, I may read it on the show. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF124. And if you're listening to AOC on the Overcast player for the iPhone, please click that little star icon. It helps in our listings and introduces new people to the show. Quick shout out to Jay and CJ. These are engineers who helped me record some amazing upcoming interviews while I was out in New York City this past week. And thanks to Eric, who sent me these awesome ice trays. I mentioned these ice trays earlier. They're silicone ice trays. Eric manufactures these ice trays. What are the odds? The person who makes the ice trays that I liked also listens to The Art of Charm. He sent me a bunch. I got them in every... I gave them to my brother-in-law. Now everywhere I go, I got good ice. Hey, where's mine? (laughs) They are a game changer. The link is in the show notes. Okay. Um, (laughs) But uh, seriously, these are great ice. They're awesome, Jason. You got to check them out. Will do. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up and I'll shout you out. I'd love to hear from you either way. I'm on Twitter at The Art of Charm. It's a great way to engage with the show. Jason, you're on Twitter, eh? I'm on Twitter at JPDef. That's J-P-D-E-F. And you can also catch my podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks, every Monday. We're on iTunes or go to GOG.show to find out more. Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. Text AOC. That's AOC to 38470. That's AOC to 38470. Or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. We're teaching you how to become a better connector, a better networker, increasing your social capital, increasing your charisma, your nonverbal communication. It's for both guys and gals, so check that out. It is free, theartofcharm.com slash challenge, or text AOC to 38470. More from The Art of Charm at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps, those we run every single week here in L.A. If you really want to dig into this stuff, work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches that's at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp, and we accept cryptocurrency, so don't have to ask me anymore. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them. <laughs>